Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So glad you're here. And if this is your first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And you could do us a favor by clicking on the Digital Connection Card link up here in the corner or leave a comment in the chat. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, scroll to the bottom of the screen and you'll see a link there. Just let us know who you are, maybe an email address, and you can even leave a, a prayer request or if there's a question we might be able to answer. But we are grateful that you found us, and we certainly hope it's not your last time, and we're certainly glad you're here. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you, and we're grateful, too, that you are here with us. And again, please use the digital connection card or leave a comment in the chat if you'd like to let us know something here. But we are here together to worship our God. As we come here on our Linden Road online experience, it's been a full week for me. I don't know about for you. Uh, I just completed uh, earlier this week a, uh, finally, it's been a two-year process to get my certification as a fundraising management person. I've had the pleasure of sitting with a number of our nonprofit leaders through the Richland County Foundation and privilege over the last uh, two years in four different sessions of three days each sitting with some amazing people who lead other nonprofits, our, our lo local park system, the Buckeye Imagination Museum, uh, a, a housing authority that's here in our region, as well as the Renaissance Theater. But all of it is about the fact that we're better together. And so I'm glad I've had that experience and hope that as I continue to lead that I can use the, the skills that we've developed and more importantly probably is the friendships I've developed over these many uh, weeks together. Just the idea that we are better together. And so with that, uh, grateful for the opportunity to be part of that. And as we come together this week, we want to remind you that we are beginning our 40-day our spiritual uh, growth journey through the Created a Dream campaign. And if you'd like to be a part of that, even if you're watching online, we can help you do that. There's a link here in the worship notes. We'll be able to share some videos with you. But we're going to gather here in the building next Sunday, October 1st, for a time of fellowship, and then we'll watch the first uh, small group uh, video together as a church, and then we're going to launch into a couple opportunities through the course of the, of the week. Some may be on a Wednesday night, there may be others that are going to meet on Thursday, and there may be some meeting here online. So with that, if you're interested, please uh, click on the link here in the worship notes and we'll get you connected to what we're all about. As we do come to worship here, whether online or in the building, this season is about understanding what God is calling us to in a new and fresh way. He continues to do amazing things and we want to chase that. Today is the precursor, if you will, is the prelude to our coming 40-day spiritual growth campaign. And I, I just thought I'd spend some time laying out the rationale and why we want to do this. It's been a while since we have. It was actually before the pandemic. In fact, we were in the middle of of launching a campaign when the whole world shut down. And I just want to go back and unpack some thoughts that I had even then about why doing these kinds of campaigns are important. It's a directed effort, and it's a, the idea that we want to better understand how each of us see what God is doing. And so we've chosen a, a book by uh, Pastor Rick Warren. It's the last book that he's written as he is retired from uh, Saddleback. It's his most current book. But I think there's some things that Rick can offer us as we think through just an understanding that we are created to dream. And so let me just give you a definition of why a spiritual growth campaign. It's a concentrated 40-day spiritual boost to your life that we commit to doing together using multiple learning styles, 
to equip and energize us for our future. And you might uh, think about some words here that stand out to me is the word boost and the word commit and the idea of doing together. And because the reality is that when we want to develop a habit, it's much faster if we have other people to walk alongside with us to support us in those efforts. And so our first goal is we want to prepare for our future and we want to dream God-sized dreams to help focus our minds on what it is that God wants for us. Well, you may ask the question, why? Why is that important? Well, we don't want us to waste what time we all have. Uh, It's a precious gift. And so the reality is the only part of our life that Pastor Warren wants us to understand, and I think is so true, is is our future, that we can, uh, that's what we have left, that our past is done and that it's over. And it's about the future that we can dream together. So in this Created Dream campaign, we're going to focus on how we can make the best use of our life together, individually and corporately, using what God will do in our future uh, to help prepare us for our future. One of the verses that we probably should lean into in this season as we think about this particular campaign is one we know well, probably, Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans I have for your life. Uh, and you might even insert in that word in your worship notes the, the word uh, dreams. And I don't know about you, but I certainly want to vote for God's dream for my life rather than what my own might be because I know what my limitations are. Because I know if I really had leaned it into some of my real dreams that they would have ended up in, in disaster. And so I know that if I trust our Heavenly Father to lead me and to lead us as a church and, and as God leads you, that we will together have... Uh, that future that he desires for us. Because it's this simple idea that God's dream for our life, for your life, is far bigger than your own dream. And that's got to be a good thing, that God's dream for our life, for your life, is always bigger. It always will be bigger than your dream. And, you know, how do we know that? Well, it's simple, because God promises it, right? Again, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul says, God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request or dream in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working gently within us. Because you see, God says, think of the greatest dream for your life. And the truth is he can top that. God's saying he's not driving us, but he is pulling us gently to, into a deeper relationship with him and that he's working gently on our hearts and our minds within our daily walk. And so we wanna say that God's dream for our life is what we're going to look at in this series. We wanna say that it's always bigger, that it's always bigger than the dream that we have for ourselves. And then we also have to say that what is really important is that when you follow God's dream for your life, he arranges the circumstances to make it happen. Now, he doesn't do that just with any old understanding, but he does that when we line up God's dream with our life. So what we're going to do over the next six weeks together, we're going to allow God to arrange all the circumstances in our life to help create that deeper understanding of his dream for us. The truth is, if we don't focus on this, we'll miss out on what it is that he wants to arrange in our lives. The truth is, if I look at my own life, uh, there's dozens, if not hundreds of examples of how he he works in this regards. Because I think when we really unpack it, we know that when we get in line with God's will, that you can't miss it because God doesn't uh, sponsor flops, that he directs our paths and 
that we won't fail. And so when we follow God's dream for us, he arranges the circumstances in our life, brings about the relationships and the friendships and even the experiences that we have. The book of Revelation says in chapter 3, verse 8, God says, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. Well, what does that mean for us? Well, it means this, that when God gives you a dream, then he can use circumstances to provide the open doors for us to make that dream come true. Now, the reality is on our side of it is that we have to have the courage to walk through that open door. And that's where this idea of faith comes in. I know I've seen a lot of people who understand God's dream for their life, and I've seen God use circumstances and how he has opened doors huge, in a huge way. But at the same time, they, as I have been, scared to walk through that door, and, and I know that I've missed out on opportunities. And so we have to say, too, at the outset, that if we don't lean into these and, and walk through the open door, that we can miss what God might do in and through us. So why are we doing this uh, over the next uh, six weeks, over the next 40 plus days? Why are we going to all commit together to, in a covenant, if you will, to support each other as we uh, all grow together? I want to list out quickly here a dozen reasons from his word of why we need to know God's dream for our life, because it, it is not an option. The truth is, it's not some minor subject. It's actually the most important thing to our life after becoming a Christian. Because you see, once you become a Christian, once you love Jesus with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you walk with him, then understanding his purpose for your life is, is the most basic and the most important. And so we know this much, that God will give us many dreams, and he will bring those dreams during our different ages and stages of life as we understand his purposes in our journey. And I know we've talked before about his purpose, if you will, of what he wants to do in our lives. So what we need to understand is that God is faithful in the small things, that he gives us more than we can possibly uh, imagine. Now, well, the first point for scripture is that God has given me the capacity to dream. So what I want to say here is this, that you are most like your creator because you are created in the image of a holy God when you're being creative. The God, your heavenly father, made you creative. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he says, Let us make human beings in our image and our likeness. The second point from scripture is that without a dream, we're dying. We're not living into our full purposes. So if you think about the last couple hundred years, right, it makes it look like it's a simple Sunday school picnic, right, compared to what God wants to do next in your life, in our lives together. And without a dream, we are perishing. In fact, the writer of Proverbs says to us, in chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And then the third point from Scripture is that everything starts with a dream. Again, the Apostle Paul says to us, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future that God has called you to share. That's Ephesians 1, verse 18 from the Living Bible. And so that's why we're going to spend six weeks leaning into this, because everything starts with a dream. In fact, if you think about it, you look at anything that's been created and somebody had to dream it up first, right? Either God or a human being. Even Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. That this is a God-given ability and without a dream, we are dying and that we need to be reminded that everything starts with a dream. That's the dream. The dream is the future. That It's that something of the future that God has called you to share with the world. 
Paul says, I'm praying, and as your pastor, I am praying for your life in the next six weeks together. We're going to get a new dream, a new vision for the woman that God wants you to be, or a new dream, a vision of the man God wants you to be, the husband, the dad, the father, the businesswoman, the business leader, the student. It's all about us dreaming great dreams. See, we don't need to think about dreams. It doesn't cost a penny. It doesn't cost any money to dream. It's something that is free as our minds in a creative state can think about what God might do. And so I, I dare you in these weeks going ahead to dream great dreams as we ponder what God would do in our, each of our lives. And so as we say everything starts with a dream, we know that uh, dreams show what God wants to do through me. That's our fourth point today. Like a scroll, when you roll it down a little bit and you read that part of the dream and you do that. And then you roll the scroll down a little bit more, right? And you do that. And you get to the point where you get to the end and it's not going to give you the whole picture right up front, is it? No. We need to see that everything starts with a dream and it shows us what God wants to do through you and me. That God does this even with people who aren't followers of him. It's interesting in the Old Testament, the story of Joseph and Pharaoh, right? Joseph tells Pharaoh, God has given you two dreams to let you know that he has definitely decided to do and that he will do in your future. That's Genesis chapter 41, verse 32. Because we see and we know, right, that God let Pharaoh see in advance what he was going to happen. In our list here, it's the, the number five is my dreams define me. Where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? Does my life matter? All core questions, right? Even the idea, is there any significance to my life? Is there meaning to my life? What is it about life altogether? And the reason why is because your dreams do define you. Now, if you don't have God's dream, you don't have any definition to your life. And to be honest, you don't know who you are. And I believe we're living in a season right now where so many people are in confusion because they don't know who they are as children of God, as sons and daughters of the great king, and need to be invited into that relationship. And so again, we're going to say a number of times here that your dream defines who you are, that this idea of the great dream will define a great person. And yet we also know that when we dream small, that it also defines a small person. And we know too, right? An evil dream will define an evil person. And it's all our choice. Uh, that our dream will define us. And so we need to pick our dream wisely. We need to make sure it's the dream God has for your life because the dreams that we dream define us. And if your body is full of light, if your vision is clear and focused, then your body will be full of light. And if your vision is unclear and it's cloudy or it's dark or if it's even evil, then that's the way you're going to end up. You're going to end up living your life in that way, right? I mean, I think we see that in our culture. It's interesting, Jesus says to us in Matthew, your eye is the light of your body. If your vision is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your vision is evil, your whole life will be full of darkness. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. That's why we lean into our next understanding here, point six, is that a dream keeps us growing, that a dream forces us to develop skills that we don't have. I think all of us, if you're honest, have been on a learning curve all of our life, right? You don't even know what you're good at until you, the dream pulls it out of you. And then you go, oh, I didn't know I had that skill. 
I didn't know I had that spiritual gift. I didn't know I had that ability. I didn't know I was shaped for that. It's only in the dream that it pulls you out of yourself, forces you to be bigger than yourself, to grow beyond yourself, so you're not selfish anymore. It's interesting this week in one of the conversations I had with a dad in jail, as we were talking about just how God has wired us and our creative traits, if you will, and I talked about how he, the statement was about how there are unique skills that are only to him. And it was interesting because he didn't understand what that phrase meant because all of his life, and it's a complicated journey as a young man, he's been told that he has nothing to offer. And as we tried to unpack together in a group setting that idea that he is uniquely wired to be himself, I think there was an aha moment to realize that there were skills about life that he brought, that only he brought to his family. And even though he's incarcerated and even though he's made some bad choices, he realizes there's some things that he can do in a positive way to make a difference about the man that he is, the husband that he is, and the dad that he wants to be. And then when we unpack this, we see it's the dreams that we have that make us great. I think, truthfully, there aren't really great people as much as there are only great dreams that people dream. And as human beings, we all start at the same place. We all start at the same level, that we're all just ordinary people. But when we lean into our relationship with God, it can open doors in such an incredible way. Now, most of the things in our life that control our life that we've had no choice over right? There's all these sovereignty factors. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose when you were born or where you were born. You didn't choose your race or you didn't choose your gender. You didn't choose your parents. All that has been God's choice as he's ordained things in the world to be. But there is one thing that we do have 100% control over. It's 100% sure that you have control over your life and you have it in your life. And that this, that the fact that you have 100% control over how much you choose to believe in God, that's what we're going to look at as we begin to journey this created a dream uh, experience. This idea of faith, right? According to our faith, according to your faith, it will be done unto you, we're told. A dream keeps me growing. Uh, the Apostle Paul says to us, I know that I am not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached that goal but I keep moving toward it to make it mine because Christ made me and saved me for this. I know that I haven't yet reached my goal, but there's one thing I always do, forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead. I keep my eyes focused on the goal so that I may one day with the prize that God has called me to receive through Christ in the life above. All of you who are spiritually mature should think the same way. It's Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. So all of us who are spiritually mature need to think this same way, according to Paul. And if you don't want to have a big dream for your life, you are not spiritually mature. I know in my own story, as I think about what God's called me to be as a pastor, that I have this dream about leading others in their faith journey. I know it's bigger than I can possibly imagine, that I can't possibly do it on my own feel ill-equipped so many times, especially in this season, as we lead into new ways, that the truth is it's going to take all of us working together, that I can't do it out of my own gifts, that I'm going to need God to step in through the Holy Spirit to empower me to, to lead and to equip others to help us in that process, that I'm going to need other people to walk with me in this season. I'm going to need even a small group, and that's why 
we're going to begin as a large group on the 1st of October, but then break into smaller groups over the next six weeks to better understand how we do life together as his people. Paul says, I'm not what I ought to be, but I just keep moving forward toward the dream that God has called me to receive through Christ. Okay, point seven. A dream focuses my energy. What it does is it helps me better understand what I'm all about. Now, let me say it this way. God doesn't expect you to do everything. So what really is the key to life is selection, to be deliberate and intentional in what we do. That That's the name of the game. That we have to prioritize to know what matters in our lives, to know what doesn't, to know what counts and to know what doesn't count, to know what dream is worth your life and what dream is not worth a second of your life, of your thinking. That you don't live life for trophies and whatever record you set is going to be broken by somebody else anyhow, right? That it's not big enough to dream. Paul again says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse 26, I run straight to the goal. That's the dream with purpose in every step. Here's purpose driven. I fight to win. That's what Paul's all about, which then leads to point eight, which is this idea that a dream will stretch your faith. Again, Matthew says in verse uh, 29 of chapter nine, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And then we go to point nine, which is a dream keeps me going in tough times. Every dream that we have has delays in it. It's going to take the rest of our life to make it happen. But if you have a dream, it actually gives you the ability and even the motivation to keep going when you feel like giving up. You see, a dream that won't, won't let go of me, it's our maturity to be able to present us before Christ as the man or as the woman that he intends us to be. Now, I want to say, too, it doesn't make any difference where you're at in life, especially if you're mature. It's not too late. It's never too late to start training. It's never too late. Even Job, right? The great story, he says, I do not have the strength to endure. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. It's early in his story in Job chapter 6, verse 11. Because truthfully, it's not the pain that makes us give up. It's the pain without a purpose that makes us give up, right? And as human beings, we have the ability to handle enormous amounts of pain, like when we think about the people who survived the Holocaust and, and all that took place there and during World War II. And why were they able to do that? Well, it's real simple. Because they had a dream bigger than the pain, and the people who had a dream made it through, and the people who didn't, didn't. They gave up. There was the death of the dream that they had. And so when we stop dreaming, we lose our life. We're actually dead. And I said that earlier. The last thing to go in our lives is hope. And it is a dream that gives us the hope. And so a dream keeps me going in tough times. And I'm going to guess it does for you too. So point 10 here. A great dream inspires others to dream. And that's partly why we're doing this series. Because I'm dreaming too about what God can do with us in this next season. I, you know, I think it's a cool thing when you've inspired somebody. It's, it's really a good feeling. It's like, I'm glad I encouraged that guy or I'm glad I encouraged that woman. I want you to experience the joy of being an inspiration to other people. I want this church, I want Linden Road to experience the joy of being an inspiration to other churches, especially in this season. Again, I think about the words of encouragement I offered to this uh, young man in jail. I could see in his eyes as I said, no, I'm talking about how you are created uniquely to be who you are. 
And I encouraged him to think about that, and we'll talk about it next week when I'm back in the facility. But it's this idea to inspire him to see that there's a larger life, even in the season he finds himself in, that he can find purpose, that even he can be a better dad, even in this season. Again, the book of Proverbs says to us, if your goals are good, you will be respected. That's Proverbs 11, verse 27. Now, to be honest, if we've got uh, self-centered goals, that's the problem. You're not going to be respected. You have to have unselfish goals. You have to have godly goals. That you have to have big dreams that are based upon God's word. That you will have great plans because of that. The truth is, if you ever want to make a difference, if you want to help people, if you want to make the world a better place, you know what? You're going to have to be respected. And respect comes from having a great dream. Number 11 is my self-discipline will be my reward in heaven. You see, not only are the dreams that you're given here on earth good for earth, but you're going to be rewarded in heaven from a character that you've developed here. Uh, Rick Warren says that this life is the preparation for the life to come, and I think that's so true. And it's the discipline and the intensity that you put into life to go after your dream. It's interesting, again, the Apostle Paul says to us, in 1 Corinthians, all athletes practice strict self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we, meaning you and I as followers of Jesus, do it for an eternal prize. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. And finally, to wrap up our list here, a dozen understandings, is that God-given dreams are a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've just spent a couple months talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, as Dr. Luke shared with us. And we know how it was sent out un, un, unhindered, as we said, and that we, you and I are engaged in that, uh, taking the kingdom to people even today. So perhaps one of the theme verses for this journey, which is something we looked at last week, was Peter's sermon, right? He preached on the first day uh, of the first church in Jerusalem, as we talked about the church last week. And remember he said, he's actually predicting the future. He was prophesying and telling him what would happen. He says what here in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. On all, all of my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will proclaim my message regardless of gender or age. You see that idea of vision and dreams? All that we need to understand is a gift of the Holy Spirit, that that's what is going to bring revival to a church and to the church. It's going to bring revival to our nation. It's what brings revival to a broken world. And when God's people are so attuned to the Holy Spirit that they start dreaming again, then they start dreaming again. So again, next week we're going to launch the groups at five o'clock with a dinner. And if you're here, please join us. If not, please click on the link if you'd like to follow along virtually and we'll get you connected that way. And that's going to be the first open door that we have to step into. It's the first open door to a, a new you. And as we land the plane this week, so I want us to memorize this promise. Revelation chapter three, verse eight, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. Now, the hardest part to remember is our reference. It's Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. And what does Revelation 3, 8 say? Let's say it together. I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. And let me ask you, where is that found? Right, Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. 
And so what is Revelation 3.8? I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. So if you say it over and over this week, you'll get it. So why do I want you to get it? Well, simply because God's going to bring that to your mind and you're going to find an opportunity and you're going to go, what? Where'd that come from? And then God's going to say to you, I've set before you an open door that no one can shut. And there's going to be another opportunity to come up. What? I set before you an open door that no one can shut. And you know what? And then you're going to get another opportunity. And you go, what? Right? I told you, I've set an open door before you that no one can shut. So we're going to dream God's dream because we were created to dream. I want to share with you as we close our prelude to our 40-day journey that this happens every time when we do a campaign. Because when you start getting serious about your spiritual growth, first of all, you can expect a lot of joy because you're going to see some miracles in the next uh, 40 days. I promise you that. And you may ask why? Well, because... I've set before you an open door that no one's going to shut. And where is that, by the way? Right, Revelation 3.8. Well done. And by the way, what is Revelation 3.8? I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. Wow, it's an amazing new opportunity. And so with that, let's pray. God, we do invite you in as you've opened this door, that as we lean into this next 48 days, that you would work great works in and through us. Jesus, we pray through your blood against the evil one for distractions to keep us from attaining these things. But Jesus, we do pray through the Holy Spirit that you would guard our steps and create opportunities for us to see that open door and to be able to walk through it. Thank you for your promises that are sure. And we pray your strength now through your strong name. Amen.